0: Hey guys, welcome to a bonus conversations episode this week. With Indiana Midget Week on tap starting tonight, I wanted to give you a primer on what to watch and expect for the next 10 nights. Brian Walker, aka Walkapedia, joins me to talk all things Midget Week, including who's racing and who could win. We also chatted about Midget Monday that's been happening on Twitter Spaces and some young names to keep an eye on going forward. Things are wide open this season for Indiana Midget Week with Kyle Larson not racing, so this will give you an idea on what to expect. Please enjoy the show. Um, you're the ward of outlaws PR guy, but we're not going to talk about that today. Cause I don't care about that stuff right now. What I care about is that Indiana midget week is starting today. Um, and you are a midget guy, micro guy. I know you're not going to go this year. Obviously your, your responsibilities with the outlaws are going to keep you away, but just from the fan experience and, and being at the racetrack over this next, whatever, uh, you know, eight, eight races over 10 nights, what is the experience of midget week for those people that haven't been there?
1: Oh man. It's one of the best experiences in Dirt racing, I think. Um the crazy part is I say all that and I hype midget week up so much, and it is absolutely worth going to. The funny thing is I've only been like the complete week once, like every other year. I've I've been somewhere, had to do something, but I mean it's a must. It's like uh, I like comparing it to sprint week because Mid- midget week you get more bang for your buck. Midget week, you get the USAG midgets, you get 40, 40, 40, 45, 50 midgets every night. And this year it's like the biggest schedule it's been in. I mean, decades, really eight tracks, um, but you also get the weekly Indiana sprint cars at every single track too. So like you have Brady Bacon pulling double duty, you have Kevin Thomas Jr. pulling double duty, Justin Grant. So, I mean, it's, it's you get the best of both worlds. I mean, you get to travel to all these awesome racetracks. I mean, you go from this little track in Paragon Indiana to the um, three eighths mile high bank Lawrenceburg to Kokomo and everything it produces. And I mean, just it's a, it's an amazing experience. And there's so many people. I like the people that camp and travel in their RVs and everything. It's it's a whole atmosphere.
0: Uh, no Larson this year, or at least expect you know to to not see him this season. Obviously, last year you know wins four of six nights the title, um, and Boat you know wins five of six. Also with Wyndham winning one of the nights this season with him not there who are we watching like in and i talked about this a little bit on my daily show this morning but i feel like buddy is probably at the top of the list but like outside of that thorson Wyndham, you know are the other names we should be really paying attention to over these next eight races yeah i think
1: this year especially with larson being gone i mean it'll be the main your main kind of organizations you know kkm uh Klaus, and I'm excited. That brings up a good point. Klaus, and I'm excited to see Corey Day. Um, I saw that on,
0: just on Twitter that Corey's going to be there.
1: Yeah. Coming from micros, like I always I always got to see Corey race at the shootout. He's from California, and I, that kid's a gasser. Um, I don't know, or no, I was going to say, I don't think Jade Jade shouldn't race this week. Uh, all the, the kind of power ride kids are too young still for USAC. But I mean, like the organizations, KKM will have Buddy. Um, Jason, personally, is really stepping into his own. He's gotten a lot better each night, really, especially with USAC, um, whose boat got Wyndham. Wyndham will obviously be a threat. Uh, Thorson, like you said. Um, JG JG, and d they'll be real good with RMS. Um, I'd say all those guys, yeah. Uh, Cannon, Cannon and his own stuff. He'll be good.
0: I'm curious about cannon and and jg you know specifically because we have like jg's up in the points but we haven't seen him win yet this season and cannon now running you know for dave Mack again he's been pretty good but hasn't quite you know been as fast as he had been before like do you think those guys are are capable of of winning and in the equipment that they're in right now
1: oh absolutely especially this week i think and like that's something i know especially with justin like when justin gets into a rhythm like, I mean, he'll, he can just click stuff off in a hurry. I mean, when you give a guy eight nights or eight races in 10 nights, I mean, I think that's either bound for a lot of good momentum or bad momentum too. But, um, I mean, you've seen cannon can't, well, Justin won a gas city, I think two or three years ago, cannon almost did last year with Larson. I mean, there's, I think that's the other thing I like you get all these different tracks. So you'll find a guy who really thrives here at, Putnamville, and then we'll go over to uh, Pair again, or Hobstadt. I mean, Hobstadt put it on the schedule this year. I'm excited for that. That's one of the two races I'll get to see. So I think that's another element that plays into it is, I mean, all the different tracks that you go to.
0: How different is this in terms of preparation for the teams. I mean, obviously normally like you look at the USAC schedule and they'll race a weekend and they'll have three weeks off and then they'll race a weekend and then have two weeks off. But like to now go eight races and 10 nights, like how much extra work goes into this week for those teams?
1: It's a grind. Um, A good example is that is when 2019, yeah, 2019 when I worked at KKM uh, doing all their social media stuff, I basically spent the whole week with them even afterwards. And like, I mean, we would, We'd go race, say we'd ran uh, this back when Montpelier was on the schedule. We'd go run Montpelier. You come back to the shop and they're based in Columbus. I mean, especially with them, it's a lot more of a monumental task. Cause I mean, we were running six, seven, eight cars on any given night. You'd come back to the shop, you tear it, take everything down, maintenance, everything, wash everything. Uh, guys would leave. I mean, like Bo, for example, he'd leave the shop at 4 AM maybe. Come back at like nine a.m. Get a few hours of sleep. Get everything ready for the next night. Load it all up. Leave again. Um, and honestly, for them, it might even be a little bit more of an advantage though, being based in Indiana. Like you have teams like Chad Boat who come up here from North Carolina, and they have to use Hayward Shop to work out of. Or like I'd say, Cannon probably comes up and uses Dolby Shop. So you have all these teams that come up, and they have to they have to work out of unknown elements too. So I mean. And a lot of them, there's other teams that come up here and work out of their trailers all weekend parking lots.
0: I guess that's something I didn't even think about with so many teams being based up there that they would actually go back to their shops after the races. I figured everybody just kind of world of outlaw style did and was working in parking lots and things like that in between. That's an interesting dynamic. I never thought about.
1: Yeah. I, depending on the track, I think most, uh, like it'd be interesting to do with what they do after hop Well, I guess top spot, we have a break, um, Honestly, that's I think something that's new too. Normally in the past, it's always been, you know, really six straight nights. Like we rent from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And now it's more of a sprint week kind of schedule with it basically being split in two.
0: Uh, Tanner Thorson is, is super interesting to me just like generally as, as a racer and kind of him bouncing around to different teams and stuff like that. And he starts out the year with Dave Mack, not really sure what he's going to run. Now he's with Reinbold Underwood going to run the full season and he's kind of taking care of the cars now and stuff like that. And, and he, he won recently and and he, he won, even though he said like stuff isn't where he wants it to be yet. And now that we've had some kind of time off in between races, like, do you think he's going to show up with stuff exactly where he wants it to be?
1: Yeah. And I mean, if if not, they'll work on getting it to there. Uh, Tanner's like a very particular person. I mean, he likes his stuff the way he likes it um, more than anything. Like he's, I mean, he likes working on his stuff. I mean, more. I I just think it's cool how he can bounce around from team to team, and people will talk about this and that and why he's doing that. But I mean, he succeeds everywhere he goes. I think. I think I looked it up at Chili Bowl this year. Like he'd been to Chili Bowl with five different car owners, maybe, and I mean he's been top ten with every single one of them. I mean that's that's a hell of a stat. Um, so I mean he's always grinding and working to get better, and I think it's I think it shows. I, I mean he's he's still in the title hunt. We have a long season to go. I fully expect him to be right near the top at the end of it, if not winning the midget week title too.
0: Another young driver that I'm, I'm interested to see this week is, is Emerson Aksum and he won recently. He's been top five in, in five of the six nights so far, um, you know, doesn't drive for KKM or Claus and Marshall. I mean, obviously the team he drives for with Petrie is, is still a very good team. Let's, you know, let's not knock them, but you know, his kind of quick rise this season and, and, you know, kind of throwing his name in the how. what do you think of a guy like Emerson?
1: Uh, ask Zeb Wise. I'm a big Emerson Aksum fan. <laughs> um, we, uh, another kid i I got to see in the micros uh i saw him win the shootout um other stuff with power Eye. i i'm a big emerson axon fan he 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 his rise is kind of interesting because like right now it's kind of really been taking off and he's getting clicking off usac wins but uh i mean like when he first started in the midgets like it didn't really take off like some of the other guys did like you look at a guy like buddy who like just stepped in a midget right away and was contending for everything but I mean, the more seat time Emerson's got, the better he's gotten. And uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's not, Petrie isn't really looked at as like a super team. I mean, mainly in that element, just because they only have two or three go- two or three cars, but they're still a, a great organization. Uh, I think Emerson's dad, Joe, is one of the main guys working on the car too, with Terry. I mean, they, they're getting their stuff figured out. And I mean, I think the other thing that they have veterans in there too, that Emerson can lead on. And that helps too. Uh,
0: a couple of new tracks. Obviously we, you know, we've mentioned a couple of them, you know, going to Hobstot now um, Bloomington, I don't think it was on the schedule last year and, and now to circle city as well. Uh, what are your kind of expectations for some of these other new tracks on the schedule?
1: I'm excited for Hobstot. Uh, we've seen midgets there. Haven't seen midget week show there. So I think it, it'll be just be even more amped up. Um, Bloomington's always good. Uh, yeah, the COVID stuff kind of took that away from the schedule. I think a few years before it was always raining, but those shows are always good. Circle City will be interesting. Um, the all-star show, I think kind of exceeded people's expectations. Honestly, um, I know they're running outlaw late models this weekend too. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, really, when you look at the track at circle city, it's like a, it is a perfect midget track. Like I hope it, I hope it's awesome. That'll be, that'll be one of the nights I go. So I'm excited for that. Um, putnamville is always my favorite the putnamville kokomo lawrence it'll be interesting i think one of the year every year it's interesting to see where the car count is at like by the time we get to lawrenceburg honestly i mean it's the biggest track on the schedule it's the farthest away really so there's i think the tracks always that are real interesting to see how they all unfold
0: that's kind of like my other question is is how many cars should you you know should we expect do you think you know kind of court through the course of the week uh each night uh
1: you'll start with i'd hope we start with around 50 or so tonight at paragon um it's decently soon. Cent- i mean it's just the start it's centrally located really not far from not far from indy um i'm trying to think where do we go tomorrow
0: i don't know um
1: I don't remember these. I'm yeah, I
0: bloomington back. might be tomorrow
1: yep it's thing it's bloomington so yeah Perrigan, bloomington oh see so yeah, now yeah the split schedule makes it interesting with lawrenceburg being the first saturday so that might be a little different this year then that's a little bit lawrenceburg to hobstock that's a bit of a haul though and over one night that that'll be interesting as well and then circle city lincoln park gas city i think I think the car counts could be more consistent this year than ever with the split schedule. I think,
0: I guess I'd go there. Do you think, you know, the, in terms of who we're going to see, like, obviously, you know, we've talked about a few names and we'll see those guys every single night, but like, are there guys that you think we'll see kind of come and go throughout the week?
1: Um, maybe some of the local guys. I can't think of, can't think of any real heavy hitters that would do that. Uh, like I mean, I know a Larson's going to run the dream next week, so I he won't go any night. Um, yeah, I, I think you'll see your local guys that might come out at a random track, like say a Putnamville or a Kokomo. Um, like for maybe some of the Powerade guys might come over for one of the two two weekends.
0: And then you know you mentioned it too, like the the guys running kind of double duty. Are those guys going to do double duty for all of those nights where they'll run the sprint car and the midget?
1: No. Um, I mean, maybe some might, I think most will pick and choose. Like I saw Brady's schedule this morning and I think he's running double duty for like maybe six of the eight nights. Um, I doubt grant grant probably won't do them all. I, it really depends on even more so the dynamic of their sprint car schedule and like where they're at in their season. Um, in the past, like I know I'm in the past, I think KT would run every single night. Just, I mean, also different schedule too. This year, it's a whole, it's a whole new deal. Um, but I don't think, I don't think anyone will run double duty every single night. It, it'll be a good chunk though.
0: Which events did you say you're going to get to besides Circle City?
1: I'll get to Hobstock I'll fly back to Indy uh, or North Dakota. I'll fly back to Indy on Sunday and I'll, uh, drive down to Hobbs for Sunday night. And then I'll still be circle City's probably like 25 minutes from my house on Wednesday night. So I'm jetting over there to see that place for the first time.
0: Are you race fanning it? Or are you actually going to be working for somebody?
1: I'll race fan those. I will. I probably won't. I probably won't do any midget stuff until BC 39. Okay. I I'm always, that's always a must for me.
0: When do you like actually get opportunities to go to racetracks, especially now as just a race fan?
1: Uh, mainly if it's close to home and I'm at home, (laughs) um, like we were gonna, I was gonna go to a lot. I was out on the road for like three weeks while the outlaws were in Pennsylvania. And I was gonna go to silver crown. I think at, uh, it was the pavement race. Wow. It was Brady was promoting it. I was, I I've never seen a pavement silver crown race. So I was pumped to go to that and it rained out. Then I was gonna go to IRP Friday night and it rained out. So, I mean, I try to hit every single race I can, if, uh, if weather cooperates more than anything.
0: Uh, Kind of looking at the, the larger landscape of things and, and, you know, talking about Buddy and and also Kaylee Bryson, they're in the Toyota pipeline. We've seen them run some late model stuff. Like, do you know, or have you heard like what the future kind of holds for them? And, and, you know, Kaylee's not running the full USAC midget schedule. She's kind of coming in and out and running some late model stuff. And we've seen with Buddy, but you know, are they, is, is like pavements, like, is that just where they're going?
1: I would say So, um, looking at buddy, I would, I would feel comfortable saying this is buddy's last full year on dirt, depending on how the future goes. Uh, I mean, he's pretty close to the sea bell path. I think, I mean, this year he's running full use sack still and mixing in the pavement stuff. He did like, he did quite a bit of testing last year, but now he's actually doing racing with Kaylee. Um, And if you look at, I think it was like 2014, maybe that was like Bell's either 2013 or 2014. It was kind of Bell's last year on dirt. And he's really following the same guideline, Uh, Buddy's following the same guideline that Bell took. So I would would personally expect Buddy to be in some sort of, I, I think, pavement late model next year, like full time.
0: Do you think then, I mean, is it, is it just cold Turkey? Like he's just pavement late models and he's going to focus on pavement or on pavement racing, or do you think he'll have kind of a split schedule?
1: I would hope he has a split schedule. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think bell, bell always kind of sprinkled in some stuff here and there, but I mean, he was, he kind of went full bore Toyota there. I mean, I don't blame him. He made it to the NASCAR cup series. It really paid off. So, I mean, I think, uh, I think buddy will be more focused on pavement i think he knows he has a hell of an opportunity lined up so i think he'll take full advantage of that
0: yeah um tell me about midget monday i, I feel like this has like become this like entrenched thing now like very very quickly um why did you guys start this what happens on midget monday explain all of this to me
1: <laughs> we were honestly it only really took off because we were lucky that Dun- Dunlap and myself were like somehow thrown in the beta testing like we didn't even want to be in. It just showed up on our phones one day and we were like, hey, what's this? Um, yeah, it's like a Twitter space. Um, it's all like off the air kind of. I mean, you can hear it. it it's not recorded. You can you only can experience it live. Um man what happens um that's, that's a broad question maybe the a easier lot. question
0: is what hasn't happened
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah i mean we'll have some nights like it kind of it started off as like first like oh yeah midget monday like we just want to talk about midgets and we quickly realize well there's only so much to talk about each week with midgets and some weeks they don't even run at all um really it was just started for like a chili bowl thing like i i imagine come november december january it will be heavy chili bowl stuff um but yeah right now you'll hop in on a night and you'll get danny dietrich in there uh i mean Freddie Freddie craft will hop in a spotter like you'll have nascar bottles your spotters sprint cars drivers you get photographers all kinds of different people in there it's it's interesting and it sometimes you settle some beefs in there
0: yeah oh and i was going to ask you because uh, uh the the robert blue chase johnson thing i i know ended up in there and and Like, how are you guys getting people in there? Are you just putting this thing up and people are just wandering in? Or are you like on the side, like texting, like, Hey, come in here. Like, how does that work with like, who shows up in this thing?
1: At this point, you always kind of, we always kind of get the main core. I mean, really like anyone I like want to talk and get on there, like already knows about it. Like I'll have guys like Drew Brenner and Ripper out here on the outlaw tour. They're like, Oh dude, we love midget Monday. Like they'll just get in there and like hang out for 40 minutes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like that deal that night, like, uh, chase chase knew about it ahead of time so he's like oh yeah i'll get in there and then i think dunlap ended up texting robert and it blew out we got over like 500 listeners at like one time that night it was it was pretty wild
0: and this thing like i I mean did you always expect that it was going to go like i feel like some of these have gone to like two three in the morning like like did you expect it to last as long as it does and, and continues to last
1: no um yeah like it the first time we did it it, was, it, it starts at like nine Eastern every week, and I think the first one ran to like two in the morning, and that was when Dunlap was hosting, and like the way the features were set up, like if the host leaves, it ends. And he Dunlap was wasted; had to go to work the next day. He's like, "I'm on it night. and then like eventually, where it got to, I could host it. I got access or whatever. I think one one night, like in April, we stayed up till no, it was May. It was after the Buddy Kofoid Motor Pump. Uh, we stayed up till 4.30 and we still had, I think it was like a hundred people in there, but more than that, like it was Keith Coons and Justin Grant. And they were just going back and forth at 4.30 in the morning.
0: Do you like, I mean, do you sit back at points and just like be kind of in awe of like what goes down in there? And, and like, I mean, it, it seems like sometimes like you don't really even have to spur conversation. Like it kind of just takes off on its own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It gets uh, the, the inside joke is always third shift third shift is third shift is when it picks up you know you kind of always have to carry it from like nine to eleven or so and then then it really loosens up and i mean that's what dunlap and i always kind of talked about when it first started like it's just a bunch of guys hanging out in the shop just
0: shooting the shit. really i love it um as we kind of look around um at you know your your micro knowledge is obviously uh, fairly sizable. And and when we look around the country right now and, and even like you know, you talked about the Power Eye kids, who are people you're excited about? And and you know, is it Ryan Timms and Jade Abadegian? And and you know, we've seen Gavin Bochelle now sign with with Keith and and you know, who are those names that you're kind of looking at to kind of be the next ones up?
1: I uh, yeah, I think it's all it's all the Power I kids right now. Uh Jade, like when Jade, I when Jade won the It was like a 15,000 to win race Sweet Springs last year in a micro, like our first time there beat all the good guys in the country. Uh, Jade, Corey, Corey has always excelled in Tulsa and I mean, back home in California. Um, Yeah, I remember watching Ryan Tent being from Oklahoma. I remember watching him at junior sprints and uh, his kind of mentor, Billy Lawhead's been with him the whole way. Um, Who else is out there? Brent Cruz, Brent Cruz. I mean, he was I think he ran third or fourth at the shootout this year. He was like 13 at the time and like out on me or something. It was insane. I mean, the, the car is basically taller than him, I think. And, uh, now he's getting a chance with boat. Um, there's, there's lots of, I'm not, I'm not real sure yet on who to watch. Like that's actually still in micros. Um, but they're coming They're They're always, they're always producing some, some new kids. Um, the outlaw carts, I'm trying to I can't really think of anyone on the outlaw carts. They haven't really got anyone since Buddy. Um
0: I feel like here on, on the East Coast, like the outlaw cart thing is almost like kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Like even Millbridge out here has kind of seemed to be more micro focused lately here than outlaw carts. Yeah, that's been interesting to see. And like, you know, we're still getting the outlaw cart stuff out in California, but it seemed like I mean with Elledge and stuff and his kind of NASCAR connections, it kind of seemed like it took off here for a while. And now it's like it's weird. It's like not like that anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, your thoughts on Jade and, and what you know about her. Um, you know, I feel like we kind of keep waiting for more female drivers to kind of get in and, and start winning and, and really kind of establish themselves. And, and we've seen a few kind of come and go and, and you know, but nobody really seems to kind of take take control of this thing. And, and like, is, is she a possibility here to, to do that?
1: I think so. I told someone I don't know who it was I, I mean and it's always a topic like who's probably going to be like the first girl to break through like i mean it's been ad- inevitable since like i mean holly shelton really kickstarted it recently years ago and then holly holland came through and kaylee um maria cofer was really solid there for a minute and it's always been this thing who's gonna be the first one to break through i told someone like i think it was after one of her tests or one of her rays i was like i really think jade's gonna be the first the first girl to win a USAC race. Uh, I don't know how many midget races she's ran so far, but in the few she's ran, she's always been really good. Um, I think she's 15 now, I wanna say. So she'll be in USAC at some point soon. Um, So it'll be interesting when she finally gets there. Uh, She's got a, as far as I know, she's got a really good base out in California. She came from D1 with uh, Hagopian and all those great guys. Uh, her dad, Ryan Avdejevian, is a really good guy. I met him at Shootout. Uh, so she's, I think she's got the potential to to do it.
0: Is like her driving for Boat is like—is Boat kind of like the next super team here? I, I feel like you know he's he started out kind of smaller, and it's like now he keeps expanding more and more cars, and he's got. He's got Wyndham with the championship now. He's got, you know, his kids kind of in power eye. And it, it, like, is he the next one that's going to kind of be like, you know, you're going to go to Keith or you're going to go to Boat or, you know, you're going to go to Klaus and Marshall? Like, are those kind of the ones right now?
1: It seems like it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the moment. It was like two or three years ago, like something happened. It was like, man, Chad Boat's about to be the next super team. Like, he's CBI is going to rival, uh, KKM. Um I joked like that the other day on Twitter, I think, uh Owen oh, Corey, when Corey announced when they announced Corey was going to Cost and Marshall, I was like, we just need to sit all these kids down at Chili Bowl and have a signing day. Yeah. Like <laughs> you get you get a KKM. Pick hat your hats. Of, of <laughs> yes. You're like, all right, where where am I going to school? Um so I mean it seems like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've they've got the USAC title. Um And I know that was something Chad really wanted. That's cool. It's been, it's been cool to see him step back from a driver to like fully focus all his efforts on being an owner, um, as much as I would much rather see him in the behind the wheel. Uh, but they, they're, they're right there with Keith
0: do you think that he almost has like a unique advantage because he was like a driver and like a really good driver for, for as long as he was That you know, now he's kind of put this team together and, and can actually like help these kids, you know, with advice and things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's got all his experience from years and years of racing. I know Billy's, Billy's still like slightly involved. Billy will go to some races. And I mean, I mean, having a legend like Billy Bolt Billy boats, lean on is pretty nice. Um, I mean, just everyone they have there. I mean, and all his stuff. I mean, it's it's pristine. His shop is off the charts. It's he's got the best of the best equipment. Um, so it's 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 a good place to be.
0: Yeah. Uh well, Brian Walker, I appreciate the time today. I know you have to go do World of Outlaws things. Uh, one final question, gun to your head, who's winning the midget week title? Uh Buddy Kofoid. Buddy Kofoy. I love it. Well, go enjoy the World of Outlaws weekend and I appreciate the time today, dude.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Indiana Midget Week starts tonight at Paragon Speedway and continues through the June 12th finale at Kokomo. Appreciate Beowaks taking some time from a busy outlaw weekend to give us the rundown. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.